You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek back in the studio in Ocala, Florida. And I am Lisa Wysocki in Pleasant View, Tennessee, and you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for October 24th, episode 3045. This episode is brought to you by the World Equestrian Center. Good morning, Horse World. I have good news and bad news for you on this Monday morning. First, the bad. It's Monday. But the good news is really good. Jamie and Glenn are here to guide you through another week filled with horse talk and a whole lot of fun. Welcome to Horses in the Morning. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you, Lisa, for filling in for Jamie. Jamie's doing her clinic the next two weeks. Uh, She's got a bunch of people coming over to her house, and she's doing her Monty Roberts. I think it's the introductory course. Yay! But that last, That'll be fun. Yeah, that lasts two weeks, and apparently it's quite intense. But, you know, this is why she got this, is to yes. help evangelize and get the word out there and get more <laughs> instructors out there. So I'm glad she's doing it. Yes. But today we have Otter Colleen back with us. Uh, Colleen joined us last week to talk about her horse that was in the Thoroughbred Makeover. She's back this Monday to talk about her horse that was at the National Standard Bread Show, her horse named Cricket. Apparently did quite well. We don't talk about Standard Breads a lot, so I thought that would be fun. And also, we're going to start our Monday holiday recipe series with Dr. Kyle. That's right. Dr. Wendy's Dr. Kyle. <laughs> and he's on to talk about Hassel. Is it Hasselback? I guess yes. it's Hasselback. Oh, gratin potatoes. And he sent a picture, and it just made me hungry. So, it looks really good. Yeah. And uh, you're going to help out with some equestrian first world problems from the auditors, right? Yes. Oh, absolutely. So they're still having problems. They still are. And, you know, I I won't be able to do it with Jamie's uh, finesse, um, but I'll do my best. All right. Yeah, we'll we'll try and we'll try and make up for it. Yeah. Plus, in our Auditor Post show, uh, one of our auditors asked a question. I thought it's going to be a more serious topic in the Auditor Post show is how do you know it's time? So we're going to talk about that in the post show as well. Before we get into all of our guests today and everything that's going on, I wanted to uh, explain that there is going to be no Radiothon this year. Uh, We had talked about doing a Radiothon, and then the sale came up. Uh, So what happened was I talked to the new bosses, and we decided that because it takes me about 100 hours to prepare for Radiothon, and we only had two months left, that... With the transition, I'm also working on getting all the transition done, which is taking up a lot of time. I mean, that'll get better probably beginning of next year. But I'm in a dozen meetings a week, and we're trying to get everything moved over and getting their shows put onto the Horse Radio Network that we decided to put Radiothon off for one more year. But they really like the idea of Radiothon, and we'll just have more time to prepare next year. Plus, there'll be more people to help prepare next year because there'll be teams involved, like website teams and say teams and all of that. So I won't have to do it myself anymore. That would be wonderful. Yeah. I mean, you know how much work it was. It was a, it, it was a bit of a nightmare work-wise. Well, and, and you know, a couple days ahead of time, you kind of turn into a blithering idiot just because yes. you haven't slept in a week. Yes, you know? exactly. <laughs> and then a blithering idiot for the week after. Exactly. So we are looking at doing it next year. It's just going to be that we're going to have a little bit more time. This, the sale just came at, at 
at the same time as Radiothon preparations. So that's the reason we decided to do that. But I wanted to tell you that we will be having the HRN Holiday WinTech Saddle Giveaway. Ooh-wee. We're going to be announcing all the details next week because they had committed a saddle for Radiothon. And they said, well, why don't we still give it away and we'll just do something a little different here on Horses in the Morning. It's still going to involve... There's going to be two ways to win. I can tell you that. And one of them's still going to be involved with you being creative on voicemails. <laughs> so get your little songs and your little poems ready, and we'll make the announcement next week. That'll begin next week, and we'll run that through the middle of December and give it a, give the saddle away right before the holidays. So you could be getting a really nice Christmas gift, and this is going to be your choice of any Wintech saddle. So you get to pick. Wow. Size, size color, style, the whole wow. thing. I know. That's pretty cool, huh? I love our Wintex. I really do. Well, for a, or for a place like yours, Wintex are perfect. I mean, they they're are. just perfect. They are. And, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, Colby's Army, in just a second for new listeners. Uh, what, we'll, we'll explain what she's talking about. But first, we have to do some Daily Winnies. Well, happy birthday to several of our auditors. Now, I think some of our auditors just sign up to become an auditor to hear me mess up their names. (laughs) And today is one of those days. I'll do the two easy ones first. That's Jacqueline Burke and Angie Stewart. And now the two that I think signed up just to hear me mess up. And that's Jen, and I'm going to do my best at this, Badlamante. Badlamante. Okay. Badlamante. That should be Badlamante? close. Maybe. There's a lot of letters in that name. There yeah. really is. Well, how would you say it? Uh, Badlamante. Badlamante. We're going with but, that. That's a consensus. Well, we have a quarrel. No. <laughs> <laughs> of two. <laughs> she needs to come on and make a post with, with the phonetic spelling. I tried looking that up. What I do to cheat is I look on YouTube. And I see if I can find – you just put the name in. And sometimes yeah. there's YouTube videos, a person that with that name. And I couldn't find any. So. Oh, that's good. So do people ever get Hebert mixed Oh, Herbert. Mixed up? It's Herbert. All Herbert. Oh, yeah, got it. It's always Herbert. I mean, yeah. it's been Herbert my whole life. And oh. 90% of people mess it up. Yeah, and nobody can pronounce Wysocki, So No, I probably spell it wrong each time, too. You probably True. get a lot of W-I. Yes. Yeah. Well, double or double I at the end, and so the story is, Wysocki. My Wysocki has a Y at the end, but my great grandfather got mad at his brothers and changed the spelling of our name. <laughs> That's the story. It's <laughs> a good story. Yeah. So happy birthday to uh, to Jacqueline, to Jen, to Angie, and then there's one other, and that's Jill, and I'm going to go with Giannoni. Giannoni. There you go. I think that's good. Yeah, that's close. So for the two of you, uh, you've got your wish, and I messed up your names. And happy (laughs) birthday to all of you. We didn't have any new auditors. If you want to become an auditor and be part of the cool in kids crowd and help support the show, uh, go to horseradionetwork.com and click on the auditor banner on the right side of the page. (laughs) 
So my daily whinny goes to Arlene Glavis. And Glenn, you've met her because we did uh, Horses in the Morning from Mike and Arlene's basement when you were oh, here in town. yes. Yeah. So Mike, unfortunately, passed away in January, very sudden. But what a Arlene, nice guy, too. Oh, wasn't he, was he amazing? Nice Oh, just and he loved. Nev- he sat down and watched the whole show in his basement. Oh yeah, yeah, never met a stranger. Just willing to help everybody. And and anyway, Arlene is the same way. And I'm in her basement this morning uh, because, Hi, of course, Arlene. you know we still don't have uh, fiber. Uh, the promised st- fiber. <laughs> the promised fiber. We still don't have it, but they say it's coming. Anyway, haven't they the said police- it's coming for years? They have. Yeah. They have. But so, so Glenn, there's three steps to getting five. There's okay. five steps. So they've done three of them. So we're waiting on the have other two. Have they run the line? They have not run the line Well, yet. that's an important <laughs> step for fiber. It they comes done, through a line. <laughs> they've done the vegetation inspection. They've done the pole inspection. They've done some other. They've done the facility inspection. So we're just waiting. Now we have to do the line running and then the hookup. Well, the line running is kind of important because you can't Excellent. really. And then, are they going to? Are they going to charge you? You no. live back a mile long lane. Are we they? do, we do, but they're not charging anybody. They got this grant from the federal government. It's oh, through right. our local electric. Because usually company. it would cost you five grand to have that done. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, no, no hookup charges. Anyway, the reason Arlene is getting my my daily whinny is when I walked in the door, she she greeted me with coffee and breakfast. Oh, well, I remember they did that for us, too. <laughs> they yes. do. Yes. The Glavises like to feed people. So well, anyway, it's, it's, it was wonderful. So, so thank you, Arlene. Well, let's talk a little <laughs> bit about Colby's Army for new listeners. You run a therapeutic riding program and much more. You do outreach into Nashville for the homeless and all kinds of things there. Um, yeah. And you just had one of your big annual fundraisers and everybody I'm telling you you know until you see the picture you have no clue how big this is 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 a yard sale that people donate stuff but oh my god your barn is huge and that thing was yes full. we have Glenn we have 10,000 square feet of covered space through through tents and the barn area plus outside where, where we're, we're not covered. And every year this thing has grown. This is our seventh annual. It's the largest yard sale in the county. We start taking in donations about six weeks ahead of time. Glenn, we made $10,300. Wow. That's a lot <laughs> plus, of dollar items. <laughs> plus, oh, it is. It is. Plus, we have we have a lot left over that we can give to our homeless or, or low-income families. And, and so I'm so excited. <laughs> this is just nuts. The, the week after the yard sale, so the, the yard sale was the 15th and 16th or the 14th and 15th, whatever that Friday and Saturday was. Then last Saturday, the 22nd, we have a 25-cent sale where we sell things left over for 25 cents. Glenn, we made $1,500 selling things <laughs> That's at 25 That's a lot of quarters. <laughs> So, so anyway, it's been a huge undertaking, but it's so cool because we get to meet some great people from the community and we get new volunteers and new participants and, you know, new donors. And it's just, it's really a great event. Anybody wondering, that's 6,000 quarters. So that's <laughs> that it's a lot. <laughs> Fortunately, they don't all pay in quarters, so a lot of times they will round up. <laughs> so, well, congratulations! I'm glad that Thank worked you. out. I saw the picture and I thought of you because I knew you do this every year, and I've seen the picture. Yeah. But this year, there was just a lot of stuff. So, it's a lot of stuff. You do give the leftovers to charity and things. We do. We yeah. do. So, so we, as you said, we have a homeless outreach division. So we keep 
clothes left over from the yard sale. It keeps us going there for six months, and uh, anybody who's in need can can come get clothes. And then whatever we can't use, because there's a lot of things that's just not suitable for what we need it for, uh, we box up and we give to various other charities throughout the county. Well, and you know what? You don't appreciate how 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 amazing this is until you go to your place, which is not exactly in in the middle of Nashville. No. This is up the mountains <laughs> through the woods and around the corners and everything. So when people come out for this, they're driving ways. And- there, you know, we had people from seven different counties. So we did a we did a clicker thing. So whenever ever, ever anybody wants walks through the door, they get clicked off and a lot of times we'll ask where they're from. And so we had seven different counties and do you know we had seven hundred and thirty six people come through? Jeez. I mean, that's a lot of people driving from a lot of distance. <laughs> that's a lot of people. Because I don't think there's that many people in the town you live in. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about, too, before we get off this topic, I want to talk about, and what is the first name of the girl that we interviewed who just won an award? Liz. Liz, right. Liz, uh, so Liz Mallard. Can you give the reader's digest on Liz, and then yeah. uh, I want to congratulate her for the award she just won. Yeah, so, so Liz is somebody we found living in homelessness maybe about eight years ago, and we saw her every Every week and and helped her get you know mental health services and physical health services and social services. Long story short, she got housed about two years ago when uh, we showed up. It was the same yes. week. Yes, she got yes. her when we came through for the roadshow. Yes, and so um, so she um, she has been sober now for twenty two months, which is very Yay. exciting. Uh, the, the the good and bad news, the bad news is, is she, because of her alcoholism, she had some major um, bile duct re, I don't know, removing things around inside her body last February. And then she had, um, she actually colicked uh, about a month ago, had a, bo- a bowel obstruction and a twist and was in the hospital for two weeks and had um, to have a, a foot of her lower intestine removed um, a couple of weeks ago. So she's still recouping from that. But um, we have some some really major news, which I'm really not supposed to announce. But oh, I, but I didn't I realize that. I am uh, on, on, well, they just said social media. We haven't done anything social media wise. So um, on, (laughs) well, this is not, this is technically a podcast. It is. It is. So it's not social media. So um, (laughs) we're just, we're just really thrilled because last year, Liz was our Colby's army volunteer of the year and our therapeutic rider of the year. And on November 15th, she's going to be named the path international adult equestrian of the year. So we're super. We are super excited and so deserving because she she now she'll call the media and say, hey, you need to do a story on Colby's Army. And she's such a mentor to our other volunteers and participants. And um, she she's just home right now, just, um, you know, on the Internet, just helping out in every way she can. You know, she can't physically she can't do a lot yet, but she's she's helping find food and saddles and, you know, talking to people about us. So it's amazing. Yeah, she's an amazing person, and and I was so glad to meet her when we when we came through. But yeah. that's a, that's quite an honor. It's a huge honor. It, it's like winning the Academy Award. Really, it's it's huge. <laughs> Very good. Very yeah. good. Speaking of winning Academy Awards, um, I, I you can just tell us what you're allowed to tell us. But we get an update every time you're on. Uh, Lisa's for new listeners. Lisa's also a successful author. She's written the cat cat and write series, which now has five. 
four, five? Five out. I'm, I'm, oh, the six will be out next summer. Five books out, and it's yeah. a murder mystery series, but it involves horses. And we've been talking about it for a long time with you, every time you fill in about how the, how the TV and movie thing is coming for the book series, and I, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah, it is. And so, you know, when, when you asked um, asked me to, to sub for Jamie when, when she's out doing her amazing clinic, um, I could do every day except this Friday because um, the producers for the series are in town. It's been optioned for television. And uh, the producers are in town and we're going to have some meetings and, and move everything forward. And Glenn, I told them they had to find Brad Pitt so he could play you. Well, yes, of course. Uh, you know. Who else? <laughs> now, he's going to have to grow a few inches because I'm he will. He's not quite he tall enough. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. Uh, but he's probably but anyway. handsome enough. But he's not tall enough. Oh, he's definitely handsome yeah. enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, you let me know if he accepts that. Uh, oh, I, I will. Yeah. I will. Yeah. We haven't gotten to casting yet. Well, it's my yeah, understanding. I noticed that, we have... that uh, I'm not allowed to play myself, and neither is Jamie because they don't trust no. us. So no. <laughs> No, <laughs> too much of a loose cannon there. <laughs> well, this so, is anyway, very exciting. Congratulations. Yeah, we're, we're hoping – they tell me that we're, um, we're going to be filming in Saskatchewan in the spring. And so I don't know when spring comes to Saskatchewan. Yeah, it's about August. <laughs> August, yeah. So if any of the listeners know, just let me know when spring comes and we can plan. <laughs> well, congratulations. I'm very excited Thanks. about that. We'll, keep it, we'll, we'll talk more about that as the next two weeks go on. Well, the World Equestrian Center, you know, they have many horse events. They have many non-horse events happening over there at this amazing facility of 4,000 acres in Ocala. There's 10 restaurants, multiple conference centers, and they have a variety of shows there. This week, it's the American Saddlebred Horse Association, the 2022 Ocala International Horse Show. A variety of performance show breeds, including American Saddlebreds, Morgans, Hackney Ponies, Arabians, Roadsters, Dutch Harness Horses, and a variety of carriage-driving horses. So I think I'm going to be riding over one day this week because I want to see the little hackney ponies go. Yes. Yes. They probably have a little more action than Scooter. Um, (laughs) Scooter doesn't have much action. There's a reason he flunked out of hackney pony school. (laughs) Um, You can also bring the family to Trick or Treat at World Equestrian Center. They have vendor booths and restaurants on Saturday all throughout the Grand Plaza. You can decorate cookies. They have pumpkins. They have all kinds of stuff going on. They really do a lot of community stuff. And when they do that, 99 percent of the time it's free so they'll have uh they'll have balloon artists and uh, you know all kinds of stuff going on right there in the square uh it's kind of neat because you see people from town come in for these events now they really are drawing town people and they get to see horses going by they where they probably never met a horse before so they have the horse shows and the town stuff all together and the horses ride by and and uh, it's just a cool it's a cool experience if you've never been there if you're driving by on your way to Ocala or southern Florida this winter, or you're flying in, make a detour, come an hour and a half up the road to the World Equestrian Center. It's right off of Route 75, and visit uh, visit the World Equestrian Center. It is worth the trip. It's worth worldequestriancenter.com. And they really decorate it cool for Christmas, too, which I'm sure is coming. Speaking of Christmas, all right, Lisa, it's time 
for our first holiday recipe of the week. So every Monday morning through the holidays, we're going to do a recipe, and we're asking for recipes from listeners. You can participate. Drop me an email at glenn at horseradionetwork.com if you want to come on. We can record it other than a Monday morning, like a weekend or whenever evening or something if you need to do that. But uh, we want to get different recipes that our old family recipes or a recipe that you make for the holidays every year. Side dishes are preferred because, you know, everybody has to decide what side dishes to do, right? Right. So uh, we have one of those today, and it's Dr. Kyle is joining us. Now, you may recognize that name because he is Dr. Wendy's significant other. Matter of fact, they just stopped in here on Friday on their way through. We got to say hi to him. She got to see the new house, and that was kind of cool. But Dr. Kyle is an amazing cook. I mean, I don't... He's a chiropractor, but I think he should be a chef because he's, oh, wow. so, he's really good. We like There's a reason we like going to, to Sarasota to visit those two, and we stay for a <laughs> week because he cooks every day. So let's get Dr. Kyle on and talk about his Hasselback O'Groton potatoes. Hi, Dr. Kyle. Thanks for joining us. Hello, Glenn. Now, now, I mentioned to everybody, or might have mentioned, that one of the reasons we love to go down and stay at your house for a week is because you're an amazing cook. You really wasted your life being a chiropractor, <laughs> and, and you should have been a chef because you're really good at the chef thing. Uh, was this something you've just learned on your own? Uh, I learned a lot of it from Wendy. Um, I, I kind of better at just following recipes. I, I, um, you know, I can't, uh, freelance so to speak, but, um, you know, Wendy's, uh, Wendy, uh, bores, uh, ill-prepared food. So I really had to up my game. <laughs> she does too. She's kind of a food snob. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you have for us today? Um, okay. So one of the things that we make, um, I'd say probably not only on holidays, but pretty regularly is this, uh, this idea of the Hasselback potato or au gratin potato, um, which is, it's probably a pretty similar recipe to au gratin potatoes, except instead of laying the uh, potatoes flat, you kind of stack them accordion style on end. Uh, All right. So dish. let's, let's start at the beginning. So you, you take, uh, what, uh, four or five russet potatoes, right? Russets are the best for this. Yeah, russets are the best. Um, you take about, we use a, an oval dish that's about a, a 1.5 quart. Um, the recipe that we modified this from is for a two-quart dish. Okay. So if you're using a, a larger dish, you might need to use more potatoes so that um, you, know, you have enough to stack against each other so that they stay standing up or relatively standing up. Um, you start with four to five uh, russet potatoes. Uh, we've got um, probably about six to eight ounces of Swiss Gruyere cheese uh, that we grade uh, that we also mix with three to four ounces of Parmesan Reggiano that's also grated. Okay. Uh, you take three to four cloves of garlic. Um, you can mince them, but we have recently been microplaning our garlic, which is... <laughs> How do you I do feel- that? <laughs> without cutting uh, your you fingers know, you, you have to peel it make sure that it's whole and uh you know just grab it from the stem end yeah, and be very be careful, very careful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, a couple of tablespoons of dry thyme a couple of tablespoons of nutmeg and about 16 to 20 ounces of heavy cream yeah this is low in calories um yeah it's it's absolutely not low in calories yeah <laughs> 
But it's holidays. I just, I it doesn't count. <laughs> there's no calories in this, Glenn. No, no, not at all. Yeah. All right. So I peel the potatoes and then slice them thin. Is that like most other recipes for a gratin? Yep. So you just slice them the way you would slice a typical au gratin potato. Um, we use a mandolin, uh, again, very carefully. Um, and I, I want to say, I tried to measure it the other day. I want to say it's probably, it works out to about an eighth of an inch thickness. Okay. Um, but, you know, but that tends to vary on preference. You know, some people like a little bit thicker cut. So you just kind of play with that on what you enjoy. And this is uh, where um, it comes in different. This, this, so then what do you do next? Uh, so, uh, the first thing you do is you want to grease the baking dish with some butter and just set that aside. Okay. Um, and then you want to, uh, preheat the oven to about 450 degrees, uh, cause that's probably going to take about, you know, 20 minutes or so. Okay. Um, then you want to, uh, peel and slice the potatoes. Uh, you can kind of, if, depending on how quickly you're going to put the other ingredients together, you may change the timing on that because, you know, the, once you slice and peel them, the potatoes tend to start uh, discoloring a little bit. Yep. So you kind of want to do that right when you're kind of ready to put it all together. Okay. Uh, you take a large bowl and you mix uh, all the garlic, thyme, nutmeg, and the heavy cream and just whisk it until it's all combined. Um, then you want to add into the bowl and cream mixture, you want to add two thirds of the cheese that you've already grated. All right. Got it. All right. Uh, then with the, uh, sli- then you toss in all the sliced potatoes, you mix now it you're around. You're stacking them up kind of in a semicircle around the bowl, right? Correct. Okay. Yep. Um, so you just kind of do them in rows. Um, if you have a, if you have a square or rectangular dish, you'll probably end up doing like two or three rows. With our oval dish, it just kind of, the the narrowness of it, as I stack it all the way around, it ends up being just two rows, one down each side. Okay. Um, so as you you're stacking, put them like dominoes. Right, exactly, exactly. Um, and you stack them, uh, as you're grabbing them, you want little bits of cheese and whatnot, you know, in between if you can. Um, and then once they're all stacked, there will be a, probably a significant amount of cheese still left in the bottom of the cream mixture. So you can just pull the cheese out. Uh, sprinkle it on top or wedge it in the, uh, you know, the open spaces between the rows. Um, and then you just pour the um, leftover cream all over the potatoes until you, until the level reaches roughly about three quarters up the side of oh, the wow. dish. Okay. Um, you know, some say to do it a little bit lower so you don't have to worry about boiling over. I I really like it when ours boils over. So I tend <laughs> So I tend to fill it a little bit higher. <laughs> now, do you put a pan underneath to catch the boiling over, or you just clean your oven a lot? And initially, I used to put a pan uh, on a, on the separate rack below it. Yeah. Now I just put the dish on the rack and put the whole thing in there because oh, um, because gotcha. it will definitely even if it doesn't boil over, there may be some cheese that melts down the side and so put a cookie some, pan underneath. Yeah, absolutely. It's otherwise you're going to end up with a. I've been cleaning nightmare. Okay. <laughs> and uh, by the way, I learned this the hard way. Put uh, some aluminum foil on the cookie pan underneath, or it still is a cleaning nightmare. Uh, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. So how, how long do you cook them for? Uh, so uh, once it's all put together, you're going to seal the top uh, tightly with foil. Oh, okay. And then you're going to stick it in the oven for, uh, for the first stages for 30 minutes. Um, after 30 minutes, you're going to take it out and you're going to remove the foil and you're just going to put it right back in for another 30 minutes. 
Gotcha. Okay. It always takes amazingly long to cook potatoes. <laughs> it's like, it does. Yeah. It, even when they're sliced pretty thin, I'm surprised about how some sometimes they end up a little bit undercooked if I don't, uh, you know, if I don't check them. All right. So um, I cook them for 30 minutes with the cover, then take the cover off for another 30. Right. And then uh, at the end of that second 30 minutes, you're going to pull it out and the leftover uh, cheese that you still have, the grated cheese, then you're just going to sprinkle it all over the tops of the potatoes and then you're going to put it back in for another 15 to 20 minutes is wow. okay. at least that seems to be what works for us um, but again if you're using a larger dish or you're using more potatoes you know you're going to have to gauge that on your and and your level of tenderness some people like a little bit more of an al dente potato we like kind of a mushy. soft slash that's al dente what, what you know i don't mean. like them too mushy yeah. um but uh, not mashed potatoes but right close Right, yeah. right. It's a fine line. You yeah, know, I've, I've learned. And it's usually a couple minutes. It's usually have about two or three minutes where they, they go from one to the other. It's the same as noodles. Right, right, <laughs> right. Noodles. Um, and Can anyway, so whenever that time is that last uh, stage um, is done, the, the cheese will kind of start to crisp up a little bit um, or firm up. And then you just want to pull it out and rest it for about 10 minutes before you cut into it. Now, I would probably add, because we just love parsley, I would probably add parsley to the top when I put this uh, last round of cheese on top. I'd probably just put parsley on top of that um, to add a little sweetness. But that's we just love parsley. So, Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. And you could probably do that uh, during the final stage of cooking, or yep. you could do it right when, you, right when you pull it out for resting as well. Yeah, very cool. I, can Now, can we talk about potatoes? That is one of our favorite foods. Jennifer and I just love potatoes of any kind. It's just... One of those foods. We maybe uh, Jennifer is part Irish, I think. Uh, so I think that's. <laughs> I'm French. I don't know where where I get that from. I do love potatoes. Yeah, we definitely love our potatoes. We're try, We're we're always trying to find more fun ways to make, you know, different types of potatoes. You know, I will say too. One of the great things about this particular dish is it reheats really well. Mm. Um, so we used to. You know, because it's just Wendy and I, so a dish like that lasts, you know, probably for about three to four rounds of leftovers. Um, but uh, we used to reheat the entire dish whenever we were going to, you know, have have some leftovers. But we've we've discovered that you can actually just cut out a few of the uh, slices as one piece, and then just kind of cut them into thick little cuts. And you can crisp them up in the uh, in the pan really nicely, um, and they they tend to reheat really well that way. Very cool. Well, and you, we're going to post all of these recipes. They'll be in the show notes, so you'll find them right there in your show notes on your podcast player. And uh, also, I'll put post a picture in there of what this is supposed to look like when you're done. This sounds very good. So you would say uh, to close this out, maybe feed six as a side dish at Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, about six to eight. Um, you know, if you have uh, if a little bit uh, heavier eaters, then maybe maybe four, but I would say at least six. Very good. Well, and if you want to submit your own recipe so that we can do them on the Mondays coming up all the way through the holidays, just send them to glenn at horseradionetwork.com, and we'll get you on the air, too. As I said, if you're not free on a Monday morning because you actually have a job, um, then <laughs> we, we can do we can record it another time. We can work that out. But uh, we would love to have all different kinds of recipes. Thank you, Dr. Kyle. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. 
The PhD equine nutritionists at Purina Animal Nutrition tackle problems using science. Their love of horses keeps them at it until they get it right. Even with the most established feeds, they keep innovating. Even when it takes years of research, they don't stop until it's right. They are dedicated to the scientific method, but it can't capture the feeling of seeing a horse reach their full potential. It takes science and love to help your horses live their best life. Put their research to the test at horseinnovation.com. And now coming back for the second week in a row is Otter Colleen. She's back for her second Monday. Last week, she talked to us about showing her thoroughbred cheddar at the thoroughbred makeover and coming in second in freestyle, which is a big deal at the thoroughbred makeover. This week, we asked her back to talk about showing a different horse last week at the National Standard Bread Show with her standard bread named Cricket. Uh, so let's get her on to talk about that. Well, welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, again. it is going to become your show. You just want to take over. I can retire and you can host it. How about that? Well, hopefully after this weekend, I won't have as much to talk about. I'm planning to take a week off. <laughs> and then two weeks from now, we're heading to Equine Affair. So it won't be dark for too long. So you went last week to the Thoroughbred Makeover in Kentucky. Where was the National Standard Bread Show? So it's in Allentown, New Jersey at the New Jersey Horse Park, um, which unlike Kentucky, which is 12-hour drive for me, is about an hour. Well, that's much closer then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's a little less hassle that way. So tell us about your, your standard bread, right, named Cricket. Yes. So I have a, he's now oh, 17 years old, um, standard bread cricket that I got for myself when I graduated college as a graduation present for myself. Uh, best gift I've ever gotten for anyone. <laughs> um, and so he has been competing at training level dressage at recognized shows last year and this year. Um, before that, he did a lot of trail riding and he goes to the equine affair and does breed demos every year. So he's um, I don't have favorites, but he's my favorite of all of my horses. <laughs> Did he race? Uh, a, Did he race? Oh, he raced um 191 times Holy and cow. earned um three hundred and ninety-four thousand dollars. So oh my uh, goodness. much like my cheddar horse, my cheddar thoroughbred, uh when they're good at one thing, I think they're good at everything. And those wow. two just walk around the barn like, what us? Uh, oh, yeah, I guess I was kind of good at racing, but yeah, those two were big earners. Wow, that's a lot for a stinnerbred. Yeah, it <laughs> is. A... <laughs> um, so you went to the show. What did you compete in? And I know so you have we... you have a lease, uh, a leasee, uh, leaseor, I don't know which it would be, uh, for, for this horse also that went with you, right? Yeah, so I went on Friday and I did um, the training level dressage, which um, we actually won all three rides training one training two and training three wow. which made wow. us <laughs> grand champ well i mean this horse it's he's so funny um he's just good at everything he does he's not terribly athletic or terribly <laughs> anything it's just that he tries so hard and yeah. once he knows how to do something he goes out and he does the job and he really did it for me at the standard bread show so he was great. I mean, the only problem I had with him is um, he's a very relaxed fellow. And about halfway through our first ride of three, he was like, oh, you know what? 
let's just take a break. Let's just walk. And I was like, no, we're supposed to be cantering. Go. <laughs> so some people were having problems with their horses being a little bit fresh with the cold. And I was like, can we turn it down 10 more degrees? Go cricket, go. <laughs> so we had a great time on Friday. And then actually I was happy for him to have been so quiet on Saturday. Um, he's always quiet like always quiet, but I would never want him to like suddenly, you know, feel a bit spunky for my lease rider who has never ridden him at all feeling spunky. So he was dead quiet. Same thing. She was warming him up. And I was like, go forward, <laughs> go real. Cause I mean, he was just like, I know it's a walk trot class, but what if we just walk the whole time? <laughs> she, the first one was walk trot. And then the second one was walk trot where they have to extend the trot too. I was like, you really have to get him going because you're never going to get him to extend the trot. <laughs> uh, but he's, he's such the type when he gets into the ring, he's like, I know what I'm doing. And then as soon as he gets in there, he's a perfect little guy. So he was great for That's her too. Now, did she ride English dressage or did she do Western? She does. Oh gosh. Um, so the standard bread show has a whole bunch of classes. Please don't ask me to explain them because okay. I am a one trick pony. <laughs> I do dressage. Um, and they were like English pleasure classes. So she did English pleasure, walk, trot in English pleasure, walk, trot advanced. Couldn't tell you what the judges want to see in those classes. Uh. Um, I just know I had her do it in a dressage saddle and a dressage bridle with dressage braids. Everyone else was doing their hunter gear. And I was like, oh, I don't have it. You got to go in. You got to go. He's a dressage horse. You got to go in on a dressage horse. <laughs> so I, I assume that in breed show like this, especially with standard breads, they can do so many things. Was there a class you were surprised at? Oh, I'm never surprised by anything that they do, but I will tell you about my favorite class, which okay. was the costume class. Oh. Um, if you want to see people going all out on bomb-proof horses doing the most insane costumes, come see a standard costume class at the standard national <laughs> show. There was Wizard of Oz theme. Um, someone had their horse dressed up as a pinata. <laughs> Someone was like a deer hunter and she was dressed up as the deer. Um, my friend Kelly was a bumblebee on top of her horse with flat. Like, I mean, these were all incredibly extravagant costumes. And of course, all the other standard breads were looking at each other like, oh my God, your person did that to you too. But and I'm pretty sure, and God love my thoroughbreds, but I think if I brought them in, they would have been like, oh my God, this arena is filled with dragons and because they were dressed as dragons or whatever they were and they would have been spooking but the standard breads were just like wow how embarrassing for you as well <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. you know colleen i've had the privilege to work with a couple standard breads and you're just i mean you're just explaining exactly my experience they are just so personable and laid back and whatever and they just want to be part of things um, and I think because a lot of people don't have them or haven't been around them they just don't realize what what a cool breed they are yeah, they're like one of the best kept secrets of the equestrian world. Like, yeah, you know, I think a lot of people struggle with getting the gates to be correct. Like for dressage, I've had to work really hard to get Cricket's trot to be trotting mm -hmm. and never, you know, a step of pacing in between and his canter to be three gate or three beat. But mm -hmm. once you get them to do that, you will have the most fun with these horses than any other horse you could ever ride because they're so easygoing and they're so mellow. I remember cricket was my first horse. So when I did everything new with him for the first time, I was like, 
slow, careful introduction. The first time I got on him bareback, I was like, I will slowly introduce you to this bareback riding thing. And then he was just so cool with everything. And then by the time I got my second standard bread, I was like, all right, I'm hopping on him bareback. I'm taking him for a trail ride around the neighborhood and just a halter and blah, blah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, they got it. <laughs> I had a, my first pony, driving pony was a, was actually a county racing pony and went around a circuit doing that. So had multiple gates and it was so much fun to drive that pony because I would kind of let her decide what gate she wanted. And it was so much fun when they went into pacing and all kinds of stuff. Uh And she had one that was in between. Probably when you first start out with the standard breads, you get that in-between gate where they're kind of switching back and forth. And it it's it I can imagine that's uncomfortable in a saddle when they're switching back and forth and the cart was bouncy, you know. It's like, okay, we have to pick. You have to pick one or the other. <laughs> yeah, I mean some people really like riding the pace. And I will say the times that I get my horses pacing, you don't really have to do anything. No. You just oh, sit like, there. But we were yeah, saying it feels like a little bit like sitting on well, it feels like sitting on an extremely full washing machine. Like yes. you don't have to do yes. anything. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But it's it's very wobbly. Yeah, yes, it's true. <laughs> kind of bouncing around. A lot of around. core strength to ride that. Yeah. <laughs> Does the same thing in the cart. Goes, rum, 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 rum. It's like, okay, okay, let's stop that. <laughs> well, this is so cool that you've had experience basically in the rescues on both sides, right? Now, yep. now you have the thoroughbred. You had the standard bread first, and now you have the thoroughbred. How? So I know they're nothing alike, really, when you think about it, just from everything you've talked about, and we've owned both. So I know they're they're not a lot alike. Individuals will be alike, but as a breed, they're Mm -hmm. not a lot alike. And they both offer their own set of challenges. Do you, are you glad you had the standard bread first and not the thoroughbred? I will say, I feel like when I got cricket, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, So I'm glad I got him first because he individually is a saint and he puts up with literally everything. And I'm like, I kind of get him now. Um, but at the time when I got him, I like think back to like all the things that I kind of made him do not, um, you know, taking my time riding him bareback, but like I brought him to the equine affair and I never brought him like brought him off property before that. Um, so the things that I did to him and turned out fine, um, that I would never do now. I'm glad I had him first because I think if I'd had a different horse, they might have murdered me. Uh, <laughs> but there's definitely, I mean, getting my thoroughbred really actually helped me develop my standard bread scanner. Um, and I think having my standard bread, well, actually having my standard bread helps train all of my horses because he's, you can pony a horse off of him. You can do anything with him. So he's actually, I just kind of chuck them out in the field with him. And I'm like, cricket, teach him a lesson. (laughs) 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 He's like a great travel buddy. So I don't know that I would say you have to have um, the standard bread or the thoroughbred first, but I will say, get yourself a sainted horse first. Yes. um, And that will make your life much easier. (laughs) Yeah. My first driving pony was the sainted one. And uh, thank God, or I'd have been dead. (laughs) <laughs> we did some crazy things and i didn't know better either you know i was young and stupid too so well very good congratulations and i just think it's so cool that you got to do these two weeks in a row and now you can take a little break and recover yeah i mean i would have preferred like 
a week and a half in between them, maybe even two weeks. But now that I'm done, I'm like, yeah, that was a fun two weeks. I have spent the last like 24 hours pretty much just asleep the entire time. So I bet. Can you imagine these full timers that just do this week after week all year? Oh my God. Traveling. I don't know. I don't know how they do it. Mm -hmm. I used to. Did you? Yeah. Oh yeah. I was on the, on the show circuit. I showed Appaloosa horses and I, we'd leave in March and I mean, we'd be done in November. How do you do it? It was exhausting. It was it was exhausting. I mean, you, you come down to a routine. You know, you come back Sunday night or sometimes Monday morning. You unload the trailer. You take Tuesday off. Wednesday, you load the trailer up and go. And then, you know. Are, are there some weeks, though, that you just don't care what happens? Cause I never did, but then I was young at that time. Yeah. So, you know. Um, and then some weeks, sometimes we didn't go home. I think the longest run we were out was eight weeks we, where we just didn't even go home. Or imagine six more weeks of this, Colleen. Yeah. Oh, I don't think I could do that. <laughs> I still haven't. Yeah. I still haven't unpacked my trailer from the thoroughbred makeover. I can't find anything. <laughs> so, so is Cricket ever going to do like uh, a canter dressage test? Yeah, he does. Um, that's he what does. training level is. Yeah. Okay. So canter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he scores pretty cool. well on his canter actually, because I mean, once you get it figured out, um, he's got a really uphill canter, and it's you know the proper three beat. Um, the big problem with him is that one, like he'll canter and then he gets tired. Well, he doesn't, he's just lazy. And he's like, do we have to keep doing this? <laughs> like, yeah, it's just finish the one ride at four minutes. <laughs> well, I, uh, I'm so glad that you got to do this and congratulations again. And thanks for joining us. We'll let you go next week. You don't have to come back. <laughs> All right. Thanks for having me back again. All right. We'll see Look you. Look forward to seeing the show rebranded as the Colleen show. Okay. <laughs> we'll do. <laughs> see you later. Bye. There you go. I, I think it's just so much fun that she got to do both and she has the thoroughbred and the standard bread. I think just that's yes. so cool. And, and there's Absolutely. not too many people that get to experience standard breads in life. You know, Jennifer's first job really at a professional barn was a standard bread barn. Really? Yeah. She lived in uh, Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, and be- behind her farm about a quarter of a mile was the largest standard bread race farm in the country. Oh, wow. So that's where she went to work first. It was just as a groom, you know, a lackey at the standard bread farm. So she dealt with the babies, you know, and got to play with the babies. Oh, how fun. Because uh, they would have 100 or 200 a year. Wow. And, you know, she, that's amazing. Yeah. So she, that's that was her first experience, really, working on a barn was a standard bread barn. Oh, wow. How fun. <laughs> yeah. It was very cool. Well, you said that uh, the uh, auditors still have some first world problems. We're going to get to that. I wanted to uh, just... Talk about something real quick that one of my friends, Scott Johnson, who's a podcaster, he does the What Was That Like podcast, and I know a lot of you listen to that. Uh, he did a post today. There's all kind. There's a new batch of scams going around, and I've seen them pop up. Uh, and I'll just read what he wrote. If you see a sponsored ad with a great-looking piece of jewelry being sold at a huge discount, and I'll add an RV – They've, they're doing this with RVs now, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the ad explains, sadly, we have to close our doors, and the store is closing, and it's, it'll be under a store name that looks legitimate. Um, and we, we're getting rid of everything at a huge discount, and they have this jewelry or, or RV or whatever, a couch, whatever it is. Uh, and it's at a huge discount. I mean a huge discount. Like, you'll see RVs for $10,000 yeah. that normally sell for wow. $150. Uh, this is all scams. And basically, what they're going to do is get your credit card, and they're going to run it up, and you're, you know, it's, or have you, they'll have you send them a, a something through PayPal or something like that, and you're never going to see anything. So... 
you know, it's so funny because Facebook does, like when I do posted ads or sponsored ads, they do have to verify those. It, it takes a couple hours for them to go through and verify them. Oh, yeah. But obviously it's not working. So, um, you know, don't get sucked into these ads. You're going to see them. And it seems like when the holidays come, these pop up more often. Yeah, and it's so interesting that you talk about this today because I, I typically work late and sometimes I'll have the TV on. I saw an ad on TV last night that I thought was a scam. It was very similar to this and it was for and, and I'm not saying it, it is a scam, it just that was my perception of it, but it was for some kind of whiz bang uh mirror that Due to supply chain issues, the manufacturer was closing out a business, and they only had a certain number left. And it normally was, I don't know, this two hundred dollar mirror that did everything. And and you know, for nineteen ninety five, you can have, yeah. you know, <laughs> but you had to order now because they were going out of business. And it was, it just struck me as as not legit. We had somebody on the show the other day that actually wor works as a model at QVC, and I was like, is QVC still around? <laughs> yeah. Apparently oh, yeah. They are. They are. <laughs> who knew? <laughs> I have friends who watched QVC a lot. <laughs> <laughs> who knew? We toured yeah. QVC once. Really? So they're in Pennsylvania, right? Uh, they're in Chester County, right in horse country, actually. Oh, wow. And they do tour. They used to do tours. She said they don't do that anymore. But uh, yeah. they used to do tours and they had a walkway that went, that was glassed in above the studio. So it went all the way around all the different studios because there's like 20 studios in there. Oh, wow. And you would walk on the walkway and you could watch them doing the shows below you. And because it was all soundproofed and glassed in you yeah. could talk and stuff and they would be down there doing the shows and you'd see all the different uh departments and all that stuff on this walk it was really cool to see it happen and yeah what a huge operation it was they had the big billboards all the way through on uh, beside every studio in the walkways and everything where it does the countdown of how many they sold and wow. so that the hosts during the show see those figures. So they'll see the phone figures. They'll see the web figures of how many are being sold during the show. So they know exactly how they're doing as yeah. the show goes on for half an hour or whatever it is. Um, and the items, they'll see it pop up. And that was fascinating to watch. And they sell a ton of crap. <laughs> oh, they do. They do. Wouldn't it be weird, though, Glenn, to be doing a show and then have people like walking up? Like yes. where you could see them. Yes, that would, that would be distracting. <laughs> that would have been weird, but they <laughs> tend to ignore them, I guess. I don't know. But I, I think after COVID, they just didn't bring it back. But it was cool to see. It was, oh, you I know, bet. You know, the, the studios are, you know, it's always fun to see a studio because it's all a facade, right? And then right. behind it just is all this junk piled everywhere. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's do some equestrian first world problems. It's time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems. This ought to be good. Well, let's kind of explain what these are. Uh, once a week, our auditors, we ask our auditors to tell us what their first world problems are in the auditor Facebook room. And as I said and earlier in the show, you can become an auditor for as little as $3 a month and help support the show just by going to horsesinthemorning.com and clicking on the auditor banner at the top. So tell us, what are some of the problems our auditors are having? First oh, world problems. I'm, first world, they all have real problems. We want to hear the first world problems. The, these are the first world problems. So Melanie writes that she's five foot two, but somehow her brain thinks she's like five foot eight. And then she sees a picture of herself and realizes that she is not, in fact, as tall as she imagines. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that happens with all five foot two people? We all think Probably. we're bigger than we are, right? 
We we do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's pretty. <laughs> I think I'm good looking too. Do I look in a mirror and then you know? That oh goes come away. on, come on, Brad Pitt's gonna play you. I mean, that's really. right. That's right. <laughs> so so this is from Joy. She says the weather in Michigan has been in the 70s the last few days, and I'm loving it. But it's about to get cold and rainy again again, and I'm just not ready for the fresh horse vibes. Yeah. No kidding. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think we're all there. Um, Flossie says there were so many cool vendors with amazing art and matchy tack at Terra Nova this weekend. But then I accidentally lost some money and came home with new tack for my horse. <laughs> accidentally <laughs> lost some money. <laughs> how many times does that happen? Yeah. I mean, every time I go someplace. Is that how you yes. tell your husband, oh, just I don't know where this tack came from? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so, so Lisa writes, she has, actually has two first world problems. So this, this is really tragic. So uh, she said she went to a friend's place for a ketchup yesterday. She said we had cheese and a bottle of wine and it was so nice. And then she used my relaxed tipsy wine state to trick me into pulling all of her horse's manes. <laughs> So I'm just wondering what the mains looked like. Yeah, amazing what wine will do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but but this is her her worst problem. It's Lisa says it's been such amazing weather here in New Zealand. Finally, and I really want to ride at the beach, but I have four horses and I don't know which one to take. <laughs> so that's a problem. You're on the beach and and you can ride and you don't know which horse to ride. Yeah, that's that's a first world problem right there. That is a huge first world problem. So Kara has a, has a huge problem. So Kara says, I got big round bales and a hay net this winter to make my life easier. But now I go out to the barn and chores take like three minutes, and I need to look for reasons not to clean the house now. <laughs> 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 so, so, yeah, I know. So, <laughs> Isabeau says, my gelding used to live outside 24-7, and now he has to be in a stall eight hours a day. She didn't say why. One of the habits he picked up is dumping the water buckets in his stall. Oh, I know. I know. And to help break him of the habit, she purchased $50 alfalfa bales to supplement the barn's grass hay and now he won't eat the barn supplied hay and she's spending $150 a month on alfalfa yep. for her spoiled brat. You brought that one on yourself. <laughs> yeah, I've done that. I've done that. We had a horse who uh, just needed a little weight so we bought him some alfalfa pellets and then that, he's all he yeah, wanted to eat. That's all the weight, yeah. Yeah. This is my hey, favorite. Hey, you give me chocolate cake or salad. I'm going to pick chocolate cake every time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Carrie's is my favorite first world problem of the week. So, she says, my friend Monica gets to spend two weeks learning amazing thing at, things at Jamie's and I have to stay home and work. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Maybe Jamie's a tough, tough clinician, and she'll hate every minute of it. Oh, she'll she'll love hating every minute of it. I have no doubt. I have no doubt. Jamie have does no have doubt. a cool barn, and I'm sure she got some horses in just for this too. So I'm sure she yeah. did. And so we have two more that that I was really excited about. This one is from Jessica. And I, I've actually had this problem. Um, she said, my stupid dishwasher makes all of my forks have to stand up. So my dog always hovers and licks them as they load them. And it's gross. 
That is gross. <laughs> that is gross. That is gross. Yes. So, and and Tanya, I've I've been well, sort of been there. I just got my nice new Smart Pack blanket in the mail, and this one replaces the old one that got ripped. Smart Pack replaced it for free, except I don't own that horse anymore or any horse right now, so it's just one more blanket I have to find a place to store. <laughs> That's a first world problem. <laughs> That's a first world problem. Well, we yes. hope you get a new horse soon, though. Well, of course, she has to. She has a blanket for yeah, the horse. Yeah, but you have to get a horse that size. See, that's the thing. Yes. You have to make that's sure the that they're that that's blanket the size. And, and so, you know what's really funny, Glenn, is is we had some used saddles for sale at, at the yard sale. And I can't tell you the number of people who came wanting to buy a saddle, but they didn't have a horse yet. Yeah, that's not the right way to do that. No, no. Because no. in and, my and, experience with my wife is they never match. No, 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 they never do. The saddle's not going to fit. The blankets and, won't uh, fit. The saddle won't fit. Uh, the bridle won't fit. The saddle pads no. need replaced. The boots won't fit. All of it won't fit. None of it'll fit. No, no. Because yeah. it never works that way. <laughs> I know, right. I know. So good luck to Tanya in finding a horse that fits her blanket. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> good luck. Hey, I have an update before we go. And we are doing a post show, so hang around, auditors. But um, I have an update before we go, and that's on fruit flies, because I've had so many people write to me about our fruit flies. Oh, yeah. So we ended up doing the method where we take the styrofoam cups, and we put the apple cider vinegar in the bottom, yes. and then we cover it with saran wrap, and then you put a rubber band around it, make it tight, and then you put holes in the top. Yes. That has been working. Like, when we got home from our week away, these things must have had 100 in each. But yes. they're not gone. I mean, they're it's better. But we're still doing it. And we replace them like every two days. Yeah. And then you kind of got to seal them up so they don't escape and bring them out to the garbage right away, right? Uh, so we just – I know other people would figure out, oh, you, you have to get them all down and drown them and all. I, we just throw the whole cup away. So that's why we're using styrofoam cups is I don't want to have to reuse these cups. So that's what we do. We just throw the whole cup away and seal them up in a bag. But uh, it's getting better. It is getting better. But as per Florida, we have a new round of bugs that have been making their way into the house. Now, we have a concrete block house. You wouldn't think a bug would be able to find its way into this house. <laughs> but for some reason, I finally gave up, and we're having the professionals come out today. So this afternoon, the professionals are coming out. And they're just these little bugs, but they drive us nuts. And we can't figure out where they're coming in. I've sprayed. I've done all the things I've done for 10 years living here and never needed a professional. And now, all of a sudden, it's just like, you know what? I'm giving up. We're just going to get the professionals in to handle the little bugs. It's Florida. It's a there's a Florida question or first world problem right there. It is. And so, can we back up like two minutes? How many fruit flies did you have oh to begin God. with? There were fruit flies in every room. It was there oh, that's crazy. Of fruit flies, and it was driving us insane because they're just well, yeah. everywhere. And you know, they're so tiny, and you wouldn't think it'd be a problem. Thank God they don't bite, right? <laughs> like yeah. every other bug yeah. in Florida. But um, yeah, they they just were a nightmare. Now I think we've reduced the population about eighty percent. And if we keep it up another week, we might have them. Yeah, going. yeah. I'll say we do that too in the barn office. Sometimes somebody will leave like a half-eaten banana or something, and then we get fruit flies. Um, but we don't do the saran wrap on the top. We just do the cups and the well, we apple tried cider that, vinegar. And they weren't getting in. So once we put the saran wrap on the top and punctured little holes in it, then we were capturing a lot of them. Huh. It made a we big get a, difference. We get a lot, but we just leave the, the top of the cup open. Try the saran wrap. It's satisfying seeing them in there trying to get out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
And oh, by the way, for all of you following along at home, Nigel, Jennifer's horse, who's had a loading problem for his entire life, uh, into the trailer, whether we've had a ramp or a step up, now it's a step up. And uh, Scooter, you know, that's a pretty big step up for Scooter, actually. Yeah. Probably a foot to 15 inches off the ground. And yeah. for his little, you know, 12-2 body. Uh, but he <laughs> takes flying leaps in. He thinks it's so much fun. And then he, he can turn around in there to come back out. He doesn't have to back out. If he had to back out, it would be a problem, I think. Um, but he turns around because he's so much room and he's so tiny. And he just takes a flying leap out. He thinks it's a great big fun game he plays because he gets alfalfa <laughs> the whole time he's in there, right? Oh, yeah. Um, but Nigel's always been the loading problem. Whether it's a ramp, he would stand on the ramp with his front feet for 10 minutes before he'd ever think about walking on and he's just and we've always had tall enough trailers and you know he's a 16 2 thoroughbred but he looks bigger he looks right. much bigger than that right. uh, and he thinks he's bigger so we we've got him to the point now or jennifer got him to the point now with a lot of patience that on this step up trailer by the way he takes up two stalls we had to take the partition out scooter uh, gets one he gets two and he would not fit in one slant load stall. He just wouldn't fit. Yeah. So he jumps. He finally has gotten to the point where he will walk almost immediately right in. Takes no more than 10, 15 seconds he walks in. But getting out, he is a shaking mess. Oh, Because he has to back out and he just doesn't. I don't know if he has no concept of where his back feet are or what. But, you know, he knows there's a drop off and he knows he's going to die. Yeah. So he will take, you know, five minutes to back out because he'll get his feet right on the edge. And then, you know, he has to put the one down. Now, yesterday he took to trying to leap out the back with both feet. So he didn't have to put one down, which doesn't always work either. So it's been a challenge, but he is true. It's not like he's being obstinate. He was shaking yesterday. Oh, His man. whole body was shaking. So you get this big baby Huey size horse uh, oh. just shaking. <laughs> and the drop's really a foot to 15 inches for him. Yeah. You know, he's 16 to 16, three. Yeah, it's, it's not, not a big, big drop. No. But boy, he's petrified. And, you know, she has to get him. To back out, the one time he tried to turn around and then he went out sideways and, it, you know, that was a bad situation. Yeah. But uh, it's just, it's 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 almost a chuckle to see a horse that big so terrified of something so little. You know, and, and I'm not advocating anybody to do this, but years and years ago, uh, I had a yearling, a big yearling, and we were doing the trailer loading thing. And I, he walked in the trailer just fine, could not get him out. Could not get him out. And you so to I took him out too. Well, I, I took the partition out. I tried everything, could not get him out. I mean, I'm, I called the vet, I called the farrier, I called every horse trainer I could find in the area for ideas. And I mean, we tried spraying water on him, we tried feeding him, we tried not feeding him. Glenn, three days. I could not get him out of the he trailer. He was in the trailer for three days. Three days. Oh my God. Three days. All right, and I don't so, feel bad about Nigel now. <laughs> so, so what? It's all perspective, isn't it? So, what I ended up doing, and I'm not recommending this, but this is what happened. I, I, I put a sur single on him and tied two lunge lines to his halter, ran him through the sur single, tied them to a telephone pole behind the trailer, and drove the trailer out from underneath him. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, well, let's not recommend that one. No, we don't. <laughs> How'd that do go? That. By the way, <laughs> it went fine. It went fine. Wrapped his legs, put blankets on. I mean, your only really I mean, other idea was to tranquilize him and roll him out. So I mean, <laughs> well, that would be the other thing. Then I, I thought about that, and then I think, well, what if he gets stuck? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, <laughs> did he ever get in the trailer again? Not with me. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Nor did you want to. <laughs> I didn't want to get him in. No. As far as I was training, I was the resident trainer on a farm. As far as I know, he was still there. <laughs> <laughs> he died there. <laughs> Probably did. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's a story. Yeah. All right. On that yeah. note. <laughs> <laughs> oh, on that note, we're going to go to our topic in uh, the post-show, which is how do you know when it's time? Uh, one of our authors brought that up, and I, it's a serious discussion, but I think it's an important discussion that we all have to go through, and we've all been yes. through, that all of us that are of any age have been through many times. So we're going to talk about that in the post-show. In the meantime, where can people find your books? Where can they find you? Yep, uh, Amazon.com has all of the books, um, and they can find me at lisawysaki.com. We'll see everybody. Thank you. Time for the Auditor Post Show. We want to remind you that this is not always safe for work or the kiddos. Thanks for hanging around for our nonsense. So Anna posted yesterday in the Auditor Room, and something we haven't talked about in a while, and I thought it'd be fun to talk about with you. Um, she posted, how do you know when it's time to let them go? My mayor of 19 years old has uh, DSLD, diagnosed a few years ago. Uh, she's on two Equinox a day, but still uh, has a resting hind leg. Fet lots are dropping. She can't trot. Trimming her feet is a nightmare. Otherwise, she's fine. Eats great, hangs out with her friend, seems happy. And she's just you know, she's wondering when it's time. She said, I heard uh, the saying, uh, uh, better a month early than a day late, and it's really stuck with me. So, we, I mean, everybody's had this with dogs or cats or mm-hmm. horses. Obviously, horses, it's 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 literally a bigger deal, right? Yeah. Um, and it's not fun, and none of it's fun, right? Um, but uh, so, you know, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I agree. I mean, better too early than too late. And, and I can relate uh, – so closely with Anna because she's from Minnesota and I'm from Minnesota and the winters there are brutal and, um, or they, they can be. And so to, to get a horse who's already compromised health wise going into winter can be, um, traumatic. And I had a mare. She was my youth horse, my 4-H horse, little Appaloosa mare. I had her for 23 years. I got her when I was 12 and she was like 31 when, when, um, she she finally passed, and you know it, it. It's that emotional heartbreak and that sense that that horse has been part of your family for so long. It's it's so difficult, and you're so right, Glenn, that it's so much difficult, more difficult when it's um, when it's a horse versus a dog or a cat. I think just because they're so big. Um, but I I just you hate to see them suffer. And uh, my mare ended up having a stroke, and the vet came and said, well, she'll either recover from this or she won't. And four days later, um, I had her put down, and, you know, it was just heartbreaking. Um, But I think Anna's mentally thinking, if if she did a post like that, I think she's kind of thinking that maybe it's time. Yeah, I think she was looking for validation, and, and, you know, we always said they'll let you know. They let mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, I think subconsciously your horses let you know. Um, yeah. And then it's just it's, – it's, it doesn't make the decision any easier, you know? Yeah, no. Um, and we've had that with dogs, you know. The, the first uh, greyhound we had, she, you know, she walked around the corner one morning, and she was getting older. Uh, yeah. She was probably 13, which is really old for a greyhound. 
And she oh, walked yeah. around the corner one day and looked at me, and it was, I'll never forget it, but I think it was Valentine's Day. And she just, and it was Sunday, and she walked around the corner and looked at us, and I said, Jennifer, today's the day. Because I looked at yeah. that look in her face, and it was like, yeah. yep, she's done. Yeah. She wants to be done. And uh, we brought her that day. So, you know, I, I've had that with horses, too. And we've all made the mistake a lot of going too long. We've, oh, we all have. And we've yes. reg- and I've regretted that. I, want, yes. I don't think I've ever regretted uh, putting one down that I thought it was time, but I have regretted going too long. Yeah. Yeah, I had a dog that I waited way too long and um, just really feel bad. And, and, you know, we do it for, for us. We want to right. keep them around for us. And it's hard, you know, for us to let go, even though, you know, the horse. And, you know, she says this mare is seems happy and she eats great and she's hanging out with her friends. So maybe maybe it's not quite time yet, but she will she'll let her know. Yeah. And do you, you really know? want to wait till the middle of winter? I mean, that's no. the other thing you have to look at is, you know, uh, especially winters. We lived in Pennsylvania, and, you know, we had to put a couple horses down that we knew were going to have a really tough time in winter. Right. They were old already. I mean, the one was 36. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Um, yeah. And then my pony was the same way. Was in, My pony, first pony, uh, Piper, was in her 40s when she had wow. her stroke. And it was like, okay, that day. As soon as she had the stroke, yeah. it was like, get the vet out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I mean, she was in her forties, <laughs> so that's incredible. But she was healthy till then. You know, we drove right. her till she was thirty six. So wow. you know, and she just would go like crazy. She just loved it. Um, yeah. But you know, so some of them make it easy for you because there's something catastrophic, right? It's yes. I think the really tough ones are situations like this where mentally they're fine. They haven't started mm-hmm. to lose it mentally. I think when they lose it mentally, it's easier. It is. Yeah. It is. Yes. Yeah, and my mare was kind of holding her head funny and kind of walking kind of diagonally and and you know just not not all there and and um, and I shouldn't have waited the four days but she'd she'd have times where oh she's getting better look she's mm-hmm. walking right she's you know and then two hours later she'd not be right again and sometimes and, and, us that's us wanting to see her getting better exactly yeah. yeah I can look back and see that that was probably the case yeah yeah. Um, but, but the one thing I, I do recommend, and a lot of places, you're not allowed to do this. So if if you're allowed to bury your horse at the farm, we mm-hmm. did that. But the one thing we didn't do that I wish we had done was markers. Oh, yes. I mean, we planted trees, but I wish we had done a marker marker. Yeah. Uh, so I, I that's yeah. something I wish I'd done. Yeah. Uh, and it's hard. And then, then you've got, you know, Minnesota winter and the ground is frozen. And well, that's the other it, thing I was thinking of as a practical thing, right? Yeah. yeah. And I know a lot of people are getting their horses cremated now, but that's very expensive. And I mean, uh, the cremated remains of a horse is like the size of a gigantic tack trunk. Is it really? It's it's a lot, yeah. I've seen people, but I've never seen a horse. Yeah. <laughs> can we? Can you just give me the sample size, please? <laughs> I just, and how do you know you're getting your own animal, by the way? Well, I know, I know. So, <laughs> do you think they just have a big pile in the back and they just scoop it out and say it's yours? I don't know. I don't. I'm know. kind I don't of thinking that's what. I love it. <laughs> oh. That's terrible. But, you know, that can be expensive, too. Sorry, I was coughing over here. Oh, okay. All of a sudden, you were gone. Yes, I was uh, having a coughing fit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they don't do that. I'm sure they don't. I'm sure they don't. No, none of them would do that. That Nobody would do that. Unethical. It would be. Yes, (laughs) yes. I wonder if there's places everywhere where you can get that done. It would take specialized equipment. 
I yeah. bet you you can't get that done everywhere in the country. Probably not. Probably not. And then, so then you're looking at, okay, you've got to get somebody to come out and pick up the horse, which that's traumatic, just watching That is the most traumatic part. That's why we always try to bury them. With, yeah. Yeah. And that's traumatic, too, in, yeah. in that, you know, I mean, yeah. you dig a hole and then you've got to get a, like a bulldozer to dump the horse in the hole. And yeah. it's it's horrible. It's, it's horrible all the way around. I do know people who have taken a horse someplace like to the vet or someplace to have them put down and then they've got the equipment right there or something. Oh, so yeah. they let them handle it. Well, like you do a dog most most of the time. So yeah. People don't bring their dogs home. Now, yeah, I haven't anyway. I did. We just, and that's you know, with dogs, it's so much more pleasant experience than than with yeah. larger animals. It's. I think it's just their size, Glenn. It's just so big, and it's just so hard to. It's so hard anyway. It doesn't matter if it's your dog or your cat or your hamster. I mean, it's it's still traumatic. Barn but. cats have it right. They just kind of disappear. Yes, they're just gone one day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We actually, I had a dog who did that and he, he was a German shepherd mix and he had hip dysplasia and one of those regrets I should have had him put down. And and again, I wasn't really sure what was going on with him and he just disappeared one day, but he was, he was 13 ish and he was a, a lab German shepherd, great Dane cross. So that was old for a dog that big. While we're in gory gross land here. um, (laughs) So the worst experience we had with cats uh, the first barn was about 100 acres, and we had probably, I think there were six or eight barn cats. Yeah. And it was 100 acres. We needed kind of like, you know how barn cats are, they multiply. So yes. um, people drop them off, or they just show up. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Or they yeah. have babies, and you keep them because they're cute. And you just say to yourself, well, it's a barn cat. So, right. so we had a collection of barn cats. The one morning we came out, it was chilly. I'll never forget this. It wasn't, there wasn't snow. It was in Pennsylvania. Uh, but it was chilly, and we started finding them dead. Oh, no. Uh, we found them one dead downstairs, and their necks had been broken. No. Yes. Oh, how awful. We found four of them dead when we started going through the whole barn. The one, the one was a bit bloody, but uh, there were four total, downstairs and upstairs. And when I went around the back of the bank barn, coming down the bank barn from the top of the barn where the hayloft was, the door was open, was a completely bald coyote. No. It was covered in mange. Just scabbed oh, and, no. bald, and walked within two feet of me, which, by the way, I still have nightmares about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because I, it's I a nightmare that. situation because you're not yes. expecting to come across that. Yes. We did find him dead about two days later uh, yeah. in our backwoods. Um, so, you know, we were we went out looking for him to actually shoot him that day. Um, yeah. We went out and I took the four-wheeler out or whatever, and we, you know, we walked the property to try and find him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we talked to the vet, and they said, yeah, when they get mange like that, they'll kill their prey, but they don't, they're not mentally with it enough to eat them. Wow. So they just keep killing, because they know they have to eat, but then they don't eat. That's their, yeah, instinctive thing. Yeah, so then we had to bury all those cats. That took out most of our cat population, and that was one animal for one night. So, wow. but what a nightmare that was! That, oh, that animal come that walking by is me. Horrible. I just, you know, I had it was out of a horror movie. Yeah, I had a not a similar situation, but um, I was at Saddle Up as as the equine trainer there for a number of years. It's a big therapeutic program in Franklin, Tennessee, and I was leading a horse into the barn, and and I was the only one there on property. I think it was a Sunday morning, and I I got to the barn door, those big wide doors, you know the 
opened up the whole aisle, and that horse stopped and turned his body to block the bar, the barn aisle and wouldn't let me go in. And, and I, I tried pushing him, trying to get him to move. And then I finally got smart and thinking, okay, there's a reason this horse is not going into the barn. And I was thinking, okay, it's sunny, the barn is dark, he can't see. Two minutes later, a, a mangy coyote walked out of one of the stalls, like, mm. like not 10, 10, 12 feet from us. And that, you know, the horse knew he was there. And the coyote looked at us and walked out the other end of the barn. And then the next day, we found him in the back pasture. They are just a nightmare when they're mangy. Oh, it's it's really, it was scary. It was scary, and those eyes oh, looking yeah. at you. It was it was very spooky. So yeah, it was not fun. I don't know the people who you know run into bears at their farms. That must be. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, and I've seen pictures of that, and and I think even some of the auditors might have posted some pictures. But holy cow! Yeah, no thanks. That would be scary. No, no. I'll take our. No. You know, an alligator. You know where they hang out. So you yes, know, yes. Now I have a friend in Idaho who uh, last spring, every morning she'd wake up and there would be a moose and her baby in her front yard. And, you know, I mean, the moose up there, they're like nine feet tall. Yeah, and they're but, dangerous, apparently, especially with yes. babies. Yeah. Yes, they can be. Yeah. And they have those huge horn things. So. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, it's really scary. So, <laughs> Well, this is happy talk on a show today. Yeah, so. there we go. Can we end on something happy? we got to think of something happy to end on. Well, I will say that uh, I, I, I will let everybody know, especially the auditors, that I'm I'm very happy with the, the situation since the sale. Uh, everybody I've met over at Equine Network are super fun and super nice, and they all are so thrilled that uh, that we're there to help them with podcasting. And Yay. we're, we're kind of going to start getting the shows rolled over to Horse Radio Network and helping with sound and, you know, content yeah. and all of that stuff. So I, I'm enjoying the challenge. It's like I get to do all the fun parts of my job now and not the not fun parts. So that's amazing. We're, we're still in transition. So I'm still doing some of the, and Jennifer too, doing non, some of the non fun parts. But pretty soon, yeah. probably by the beginning of the year, we'll be doing what we're supposed to be doing, which in my case is content and Jennifer's case is content. She won't have to do any of the back office stuff anymore. So we're very excited about that. And, uh, the, you know, you asked me, you know, how I was feeling yeah. about it all at the beginning yeah. before we started. And I'm feeling really good about it. I think that. I think that Horse Radio Network's in good hands, and I still get to do the fun parts. So, See, that's that's the best-case scenario. It really is. It's just like it, it worked out. You know, it's funny because I would have all these at podcasting conferences. I'd have other podcasters say to me, you know, oh, it must be so fun to be full-time. And I was like, yeah, it's fun to be full-time, but you got to remember your, your time on the mic is the fun part. Everything else is work. Yeah. Everything else is a job. Right. Yeah. And you might be working for yourself, but it's, it's doing sales and all the business stuff and all of that stuff you have to do as a business owner. That you know, you your fun part is teaching lessons. Right. Everything else is a job. I mean, it might yeah. be a job you chose and a job you're choosing to do, and you could have a worse job. But that doesn't mean that doing the accounting is any less, fun, you know, more fun. No. No. <laughs> no. And you know that when you're working full time doing something you love, you know that could be sixty, seventy, eighty hours a week sometimes. No, in your and I's case, it's probably a hundred. Yeah, you know, it was a hundred. <laughs> you know, for the last since we sold the company, we haven't worked weekends. Actually, this company does not believe in working weekends. I never get an email from anybody on the weekend, which wow. I have never worked for with the company that that's the case. Yeah. 
That's so, great. You know, that tells me that, and they do preach work life balance, and uh, mm-hmm. apparently they live it too. So that's great. Yeah. So for that's all great. for all the auditors that were concerned, uh, we're happy. <laughs> you know, um, and you know, Lisa will tell you if she could just do the fun parts and not have to pay the mm-hmm. bills or do all of that other stuff. Um, that would be great. Yeah, there yes. you go. <laughs> yes, my stress level would be much less, and I'd yes. actually get some sleep at night. Exactly, exactly. Yes. So, you know, it doesn't mean there's no stress. It just means that the bulk of the stress is somewhere else. Yeah. You know, and you get to you get to do the stressful parts you want to do. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. So to answer all your questions and your concerns and your worries, don't be. It's uh, so far so good. Is that a happy Yay. note to end on? That's a happy note. Okay, good. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, try and have a happier, uh, more fun post-show on Wednesday. Uh, yes. Lisa will be here on Wednesday, and uh, Friday we're going to do a Halloween special. Everybody knows I love Halloween. It's my least favorite. Wow. It's, no, I hate it. It's my least favorite holiday of the year. I hate trick-or-treaters, <laughs> too, and now we live in a neighborhood. I told Jennifer, she's doing trick-or-treating. I'm hiding in my office. Um, <laughs> I just don't like it. I don't know why. It's a phobia. But uh, Did you like it when you were a kid? Uh, you used to go out when I was a kid, yeah, but it was still yeah. wasn't my favorite. You know, uh, Other than the candy, okay. it wasn't my favorite. Okay. So, and I don't like, I, I, we don't like scary movies or horror yeah. movies or anything. So, it's just not our holiday. <laughs> so, Got it. You know, get through this to get to Thanksgiving and Christmas, which is the fun ones. Yeah. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah. So, we, but we are going to redo, for the last number of years, we worked with Horse Nation on the scary stories. And we'd read scary stories at Halloween. So, I'm going to repurpose a bunch of those. We're going to put the best of the scary stories together into a Halloween episode on Friday. Because you can't make it Friday. So, that's what we'll do on Friday. All right. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you soon. Congratulations, you made it through another post show. Thank you for all your support. Now, go ride your horse.